You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Public transport in Dunedin is notoriously underdeveloped, with buses only recently getting a cashless payment system and the city still lacking a public transport option from the CBD to the airport. It wasn't always this way, however. The city was once alive with trams and cable cars, carrying commuters up the hills and across the town. As an April Fool's prank, the Otago Daily Times published a piece announcing the funding and reintroduction of heritage trams into Dunedin as a boost to public transport. The, the piece gained popularity with readers and has once again reignited the debate around the city's public transport system. Dunedin City Councillor and Merrill hopeful Jules Radich said that the article highlighted the fact that Dunedin needed a better public transport system. However, he rejected the use of vintage trams to achieve this, instead leaning in favour of an electric bus loop. Radich even went as far as to suggest that the electric bus could be painted in the style of a vintage tram. Councillor Steve Walker had similar feelings, supporting the council's long-suggested loop bus idea, but believing that a tram system was too expensive to install and maintain. Councillor Walker further suggested a tramway system would limit many of the other people-centred amenities um, improvements planned for George Street. While in his words, trams were an awesome, romantic extra in terms of a tourist product, Walker believed that trams were not an efficient element in, in a part of a modern transport strategy. We're joined on the phone now by Alan Robb, a tramway enthusiast, tram driver in Christchurch, and also my granddad. Kia ora, granddad. Thanks for coming on the show. Kia ora, Quentin. Very good to be able to talk with you. Um, can you give us a brief rundown of the history of Dunedin tramways? Yes, certainly. Dunedin has the distinction of having been the place where the first electric trams in New Zealand operated. That was back in October 1900. 23rd of October... Three electric trams started a service connecting Roslyn and Maori Hill. Now, that was a really great step forward. It was a private operator that began running that tramway system. And other trams uh, systems started operating in, the, in New Zealand following Dunedin's example. In fact, in December 1903, the City Council commenced its own corporation tramway, and they were the very first city corporation in New Zealand to operate a municipal tram service, so they were ahead of the rest of the cities. Dunedin had electric trams operating under the auspices of DCC right through till 29th of March 1956, and then all the trams were closed and uh, the tracks were torn up or sealed over. That was a sad day uh, because trams were certainly efficient and although they had been neglected during war times, uh, modern trams are much more efficient and quieter and more pleasant to ride in. But there's still a place, I believe, in many cities for a heritage tramway to operate, sometimes as part of the public transport system. So you've, you've pretty much alluded to my next question there, which was, in your experience as a heritage tram driver in Christchurch, do you think that these would make for an effective public transport system? They would make for a part of an efficient public transport system, depending on the population of the area to be served. We've seen in many large cities electric tram systems coming back into service, and they are definitely part of the transport scene. Dunedin's population, I think, is about 133,000 at the moment. Christchurch is about 330, something like that. We've been operating the system in Christchurch now for 
27 years. Now, that's pretty good. Uh, it's a part of the public transport system, in a way, because citizens in Christchurch can, in fact, buy an annual pass and use the trams free after that for 12 months for unlimited rides. They also get rides on the gondola, which is operated by the same company that operate the trams. And uh, that, to me, is a win-win situation for both tourists and locals because a number of people coming to Christchurch will ride on the trams for the duration of their visit. When we had cruise ships coming here, all their riding would be done on one day and then they'd be off again uh, on the cruise ship. Those days will come back when we do get cruise ships bringing people. But for the moment, I can say from my experience as a tram driver that I see a lot of Christchurch people hopping on the tram, producing their annual pass, and they're using it as part of the transport system, largely because it's going where they want to travel to, and that's in the central city, to the museum, the art gallery, public library, the shopping area, the transport bus hub, etc. So there is a place for it, and that's what has to be very carefully looked at uh, when you are looking at having a heritage tramway system because those vehicles are typically not as accessible as modern trams are. Excellent. And so then, have you yourself ever ridden on a heritage tramway system used as a public transport? Yes, uh, I have done a little of that. Over in Melbourne, they've got a great modern tramway system, but they've also got some of the heritage trams providing a round-the-city loop which is actually run as a free one, so visitors and locals can get on the tram and uh, get from one place to another within the central city. It works very well. They give a commentary, and that's very helpful for visitors. So it's both serving the uh, citizens and the uh, tourists that are in the city. That works very well. Bendigo in Victoria, Australia, also has a heritage tramway system that uh, has been run now for probably about 20 years or more uh, as a heritage tramway system. It's got vintage vehicles. It's um, very successful in that role. They tried using it as a public transport system, but back in about 2009, 2010, they decided that the people of Bendigo weren't using it satisfactorily, not using it enough as a public transport system, so that's now dropped out. And they've just gone to a system where it's $10 for the day for your tram ticket, and you can ride on their trams as many times as you want to. Naturally, the locals can use that as well, but they don't have a special uh, locals rate as well. And so, lastly, to your knowledge, how does the environmental impacts of a tramway system compare to, say, a bus system? If you're talking about diesel buses, trams are winning hands down. If you're talking about electric buses, and those are certainly being used in much greater numbers now here in Christchurch and elsewhere, then the electric buses and the electric trams are both environmentally friendly, they're comfortable, they're accessible. But there is something about the electric vehicles that the vintage trams, the heritage trams attract people and they are not the same as the public transport system that you get elsewhere because usually on those heritage systems 
You'll be giving a commentary. You'll be telling people what they can see, what they can do at the next stop. And that makes the experience, both for locals and for tourists, much better, rather than just having a silent driver sitting up the front and uh, driving round and round. That's not an attractive thing for someone visiting a city. I could imagine coming down to Dunedin. I've been visiting Dunedin for over 60 years now. And I could imagine visiting Olverston, say, walking down, catching a tram, took me down then to the museum around the university area that took me down to uh, railway station to um, to to the early settlers museum to the shopping area that would be a great advantage to me to be able to get on and off at any of those stops knowing that there was an electric vehicle trundling around there regularly and I think that there's got a a very serious case to be looked at for using a system like that. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you here. You're very welcome. That was tramways enthusiast and current tram driver in Christchurch, Alan Robb. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.